Good evening, Foundation. Good evening. Well, we'll continue our flashback to 2014. Um, last night, Pastor spoke. He covered the P and push. What does P stand for? Perseverance. Tonight, we will talk about unify. All right, so let's look to the Lord. Father God, we come in your son Jesus' name. Father, Father, just thank you, Father, for another opportunity to gather in your house, Father. Father, God, that your word go forth, Father, that you hide me behind the veil, Father, and that, that your word and your teaching and what you have for the individuals here, Father, be presented and they receive it, Father. In your son Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right, so we're talking about unify, our second letter in push. So our foundational text for tonight is going to come from the book of Ephesians, Brother Paul's writing, chapter 4, verses 1 through 6, and it reads as such, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body, one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, through all, and in all. Amen. All right, so... That's our foundational text. We're going to back up a little bit, and we're going to define unify. When you hear the word unify, what do you think of? Togetherness. Togetherness. All together. Anything else? Peace. One mind as one. Working together. Excellent. So... When I looked up unify, dictionary.com, the definition for unify is to make or become united, uniform, or whole. Make or become united, uniform, or whole. That's the definition of unify. And I add in that unify is a verb. That means in order, when you're talking about unify, there's some action required behind it all right so when we talk about unifying it takes us back to you being united um, being all together being as one a good example of that when we think of the united states we have all these individual states but they are united together for a purpose What kind of purpose are they united together for? Is it an individual purpose? Is it something higher than that? When we think about the United States, the union was put together not just for individual, that individual need, but for the higher calling. And something else when we talk about unify, in unify, we're all together and we talked, at least one mentioned that we're stronger together when we're unified. But 
we, but individuals may not always see, it, the case, see the case that way. For example, let's say I lived in, in Louisiana and I realized that if Louisiana was to succeed away from the United States, there's enough oil, oil in the, off the shore of Louisiana to make it one of the top richest countries in the world by itself. So it puts being unified into a, a perspective. So we could also say in a lot of cases, to be unified, there may be things that you have to give up, miss out on, or things that, aren't, that you can't access because you're unified, all right? So talking about being unified, as we go back to what Paul is saying, that we know we need to bear together with one in love. And there's a calling to which we have been called. When we talk about this, this is talking more about the difference between what we call Christian being united in Christ versus being united in what the world, the world puts forth as being united. Um, an example of this. We think back in Genesis, Genesis chapter 12, ch chapter 11, actually, the Tower of Bell, where all the people got together. They were of one mind, one language. They got together and say, you know, we're going to build this tower. We're going to build this tower to heaven so that our names will never be forgotten. And the Lord looked down and he behold and saw that they were one people they had one language and this was the only this was the only the beginning of what they will do and nothing that they propose will be impossible for them so the lord scattered them gave them different languages because there's power in unity there's power in being united and unity is purpose driven it's not selfishly driven and when we, when we talk about unity, like I said before, the world, they, they realize there's power in unity. With the United States is an example of that. Also, you think about different businesses. Or you think about being on a sports team. I can recall last season, my oldest son played on a sports team. The, the gentleman who was a coach was a trainer. He knew all the best players. He put them together on one team. The first, first couple games, it was like an all-star game. And it was just, it was just, you know, they, they were doing so well. But I could tell there was no unity. There was no unity. They would walk in, their teammate would be sitting right here, and they'd just walk right by them. Don't talk to them. Don't say nothing to them. There was no unity. And when there's no, there's no unity and there's only looking at self, eventually that catches up to you. There's only so high you can go in self. And that's exactly what happened to that team. As the season progressed, as other teams learned to play in unity and to accept their roles on the team, that team starts to fall apart, even though they had the best players on it. A play would break down, and one player would look at the other one and be like, man, what you doing? 
or doing this to each other, disrespecting each other, not encouraging one another. So they went to the opposite spectrum of unity, which is division. If you're not, if not united, division sets in. Personal gain sets in. So by the end of the season, no one wanted to talk to each other. The playoffs come. They got smashed in the first game by a team that they should not have lost to if they were unified. Take another example. In the business world, you see businesses all the time. When, whenever we talk with quarterly meetings and things of that nature, they always start with something that unifies. It could be easy to come out and say, okay, our business made money this, this year. Everybody got a paycheck. Yay. But they don't do it that way. They always find something that unites everyone, unifies them, pulls them together. My company does this. Doom, 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 doom. This, they, they, they play the music. Doom, 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 doom. And then they show you all this stuff. They show you the hurricanes. They show you all the millions of dollars we gave the people the hurricanes. They show you all, the, all of our rescue teams that went out and kept our, our network up, then went and rescued people in their boats. Then when the government called, went and kept other competitors' networks up. And the whole thing, the, the reason they start with that, because they want to build unity. They build, this is what we do. This is who we are. It's not about self. So I'm saying that to show that even the world realized their power and unity. But if we bring it back to the Christian side, what's the difference in our unity? When Brother Paul is saying, the calling to which you have been called to, in verse 4, what is that calling? What are we called to? What are we called to? Anybody. Who's our, who's our example? Who do we model our unity? We're called, to, we're called to model the gospel. Jesus came to give us truth. So when we talk Christian unity, we're talking about doing all things in truth. Because we could, we could be unified. Let's say we got together today and said, we're going to be unified that um, down is up and down is up and how am I saying that? Down is up and up is down. We could be all be unified in that. We could get together and get all of Stafford County to believe that. Is there any truth in it? So this, this is where we bring back to being unified. Jesus came to give us, the, gave, gave us the gospel, which is the truth. And it's our union with Christ that provides the base for our union with one another. And our union with Christ is something that he established. You know, Christ established truth. And, for example, in John 8 and 32, and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. That's the difference between our unity and the unity that you will find out in the world. Because if you believe in, if you don't have the truth, that's the key ingredient. If that truth is missing from that recipe, everything else falls apart. Everything else is, is it's like a house built on sinking sand. You know, it's not going to last. So when we talk about being unified as a church, that's where we start 
truth, the gospel, that there's only one way, one God. If we don't start there, we run into a lot of little different things with culture. I mean, think about it. In our country, Sunday mornings may be the most segregated time of the week. You got people who go to one church because, you know, it, it fits their, their, their wealth, another for, because for, it's it, different races, different things. We have so many things that divide us just on Sunday mornings, and we don't show that we're unified. And believe it or not, the world is watching, and the world can tell that. They can tell when we're not unified on things. Like this one, one, one group doesn't believe we don't celebrate Christmas. This one does something different. This one, those divisions sap our strength and sap our power. Even if we go back to Genesis, remember Genesis, Garden of Eden, God made Adam, then he made Eve. You said man and woman leave their, leave their parents and become one. They were unified. Adam and Eve were one. They were unified. They weren't just unified together as man and wife. They were unified together with God. But what did Satan do? The minute, God, the minute that God wasn't there, Satan came in. And he broke that united front by just slipping that little word. Did God say specifically this? Did God say specifically this? That's all it took to break that. That's why it's so important that we establish, we establish and we stand on truth as a church. All right. So we've talked a little bit about what it means to be unified. So now I have a question. As a church, is it possible for us to be unified? I mean, we have different backgrounds. We come from different places. I'm from a little small country in Guyana. My, per my perspective of things may be different than somebody who grew up in Virginia or Texas or, or wherever. Can we be unified as a body? No takers? <laughs> yes, we can. And if we take if we take a look at First Corinthians chapter twelve, verse twenty three. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greatest honor. And our unrepresentable parts are treated with greater modesty. Which is basically saying that not everybody is going to look alike. Not everybody is going to have the same upbringing. Not everybody is going to think the same way. But as the body, we are all connected. The body can't function properly if the heart wants to go over here, 
and the lungs want to go over there. The body can't function properly if the eyes are, the, the, the ears are offended because somebody spoke in tongue and the eyes are, and, and goes that way, and the eyes are offended because uh, somebody wore pants instead of a dress and goes that way. We have to be united. Amen? And going back to our, our, our Ephesians, the flow of Ephesians, when you really think about it, a lot of people will read Ephesians chapter 4 and they think, okay, well, I got I to gotta live up to this model of Jesus. I got to live up to the gospel. But what it's really saying, too, is we need to live out the gospel. A lot of people take it, we have to live up to the gospel. Jesus was here. I have to be here. And a lot of people, especially when you come, you're new to the faith, you see Jesus is up here. And then you come to church, and sometimes church people, we can be a lot like social media. You ever been on social media? You go on social media, so you look at somebody's stuff, their car is perfect, their house is perfect. They put pictures of their meals up there, look like, look like it just, they're eating at the restaurant. Their outfits are perfect. This is perfect. That is perfect. This is perfect. Sometimes, church, we can, we, we, can, we, can, we can put forth the same exact thing. People walk in. We, we portray that everything is good. There's, no, there, there's nothing that we're struggling with. Everything is perfect. So now this new person comes in, this new believer. They say, I got I to gotta follow the model of Jesus, which is already up here. Now I'm in this church with a bunch of perfect people, man. How, how, how do I... How do I connect? How do I get unified with these people? These people are perfect. I can't live up to this. So it's important, again, being unified takes us back to, again, truth. Truth. Walking this out, walking out this calling, I won't speak for anybody else, but for me, it's not easy. There's trials, there's tribulations. It's not easy, but what being unified, to being together does, it helps in those times when I'm like, man, man I don't know, Lord. You, you test me like Job right now. I don't know. And you have that brother or sister who can come up to you and say, hey, speak truth into you. God said he got you. He'll never let you go. Keep going. Keep pushing forward. That's what being unified is. Being unified is not to portray that we're perfect to the world. Because the world knows we're not perfect. We go through things. The difference is we stand on truth. Amen? All right. So I'm going to cut for time. We're going to talk about... Um, how can, the, how can the church be unified? How can we walk in unity? So just three quick points. Number one, keep the truth. There is one what? One Lord, one faith, one baptism. 
So step number one, maintain our relationship with Christ. There is no other troop. Drop the mic, period. And did I make that unclear in any way for anyone? All right. Next, live the faith. The body should have the same mind. We should have the mind of serving. We should have the same love. Agape, the highest love. We should be united in soul and, you, you, uni and unified behind the purpose of the gospel. Something else in terms of living the faith. Um, I'll touch on this quickly. When you, living the faith also means taking care of yourself. Taking care of making sure that um, you're taking care of this body, this temple that, that the God, God has given you. Making sure you take taking care of your mind. Making sure that you're rested when you need to rest. Making sure that you're recharged when you need to recharge. If we're out here and we're run down, we cannot effectively minister or be part of the body the way that we should. Even if you take a, take a look at even in um, Mark, Mark chapter 1, you saw periods where Jesus would leave the crowds and go away so he can pray and spend time with God. Because he needed that time to recharge. The crowds would be looking for him, but, but he, was, he was going about spending time with, in prayer so he could be recharged and refreshed. There was also times where you see God take the disciples away and make sure they had a chance to rest and eat. Take care of yourself. We're, we're, we're not we're no good to the body if we're run down. Amen. And our third point, defend the faith. Defend the truth. Second Corinthians 10 and 5. Take, every, take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Now, when we're, when we're unified, we're united we're not trying to be like each other. We're trying to be, we're trying to becoming like Jesus Christ. And the reason I say like, because Jesus walked to earth as man and God. So it's, we're trying to be like Jesus. Amen. So defend the faith, defend biblical teaching. Um, Defend biblical teaching on matters that are in the word that we know as truth. There's a lot of times where things are cultural, where, you know, you say this or say that. The word of God is the truth. There, there, there's, there, it, everything else is opinions. So we defend biblical teaching. And we point it out when we see it within the body. A lot of times, uh, a lot of times you see for Christians, sometimes, you know, when we're new or we may be, God's taking us to a different level. And sometimes we, our emotions get into it. And we have emotional experience. And then it may be something that, that 
sometimes can draw us down a wrong path. You interpret it, the word is saying such and such. And a lot of times when you're emotional in it, you'll defend that. Someone can show you, show, someone can show you in the word where that's not what it's saying. God is saying this, he's, and, and so forth. But sometimes because of our emotional nature, we resist, we resist that. And that can sometimes lead to dis discord. So we always have to take it back to the word. We always have to be in the word for yourself. Amen. And I'll conclude with this. Jesus' plan for his church is for his people to be unified in faith, unified in truth. Don't let anything else come before being unified with your Lord and Savior. It, the, the, world, the world in a lot of ways is becoming, as we see, more and more divided. We see this group over here, this group over there. And even in our country, we look at politics, things are, everybody, everybody has their own, what they consider their own truth, and they are holding on to it. Everything else is a lie. And and, and if, we, if, if we study and we go back and we look at the Tower, Tower of Babel, we know that anything, anything that's, that's found, the foundation is based on the selfish needs of man is not going to last. It's just a matter of time. Stand now. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I pray that you take the time to read his word. And know the truth for yourself. Not what someone told you. Not what your mom and dad told you. Read it for yourself. Know it for yourself. Know truth. Because when you, if you have truth, those times when those lies come in, you'll be able to stand. And in conclusion, I'll just say this. Um, <laughs> there's battles coming. There's battles coming. And I'll say it a third time. There's battles coming. It's time to get prepared. It's time to stand on truth. Anything else, lay it down. When the battle starts, you don't want to be you don't want to be over you don't, you don't want to be carrying all a bunch of baggage. You want your armor on. You want the sword in your hand. You want to be ready to the fight. You don't want to be caught sleeping. And with that, I will conclude. Um, so I believe now we'll transition into prayer.